Take your Bibles, turn with me to John 16. So it's 11.40. Snicker, snicker. I don't know what's snickering about that. Oh, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to shorten this. Okay. So I want to give away a gift today. I'm going to give this to Connor. I'm going to give Connor peace. Connor, you have one job today. You cannot touch this. But you have one job. Your job is to keep your peace. Okay, so it's right there. Keep your peace. Is he touching it? Good enough. John 16. Continuing the series in growing up. Growing up. And I've talked about um, in the last number of weeks about everything. Well, maybe not everything. But many of the things that you and I should do to grow up in the Lord, to make sure we're strong in the Lord, and the operative word, the key word is to be mature, to be mature, to grow up in our faith. And so I um, preach about a whole different ways that you can do that to strengthen yourself in the Lord in order to become mature. You may have been wondering during that period of time, well, why is that so important? Why is it necessary to be mature? So I'm going to go through the next little while and remind you uh, during the next few weeks about why that's important, the importance of growing up in the Lord, maturing in the Lord. So John 16, beginning of verse 33, I have told you these things. John is speaking to, uh, pardon me, Jesus is speaking to his disciples I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Boy, we know this one, eh? We know this one. In this world you will have trouble. One of the reasons why, and a very significant reason why, you and I need to grow up in our faith and become mature is because in this world we're going to have trouble. Jesus predicted it, prophesied it, foretold it, that there is going to be trouble in the world, not just for the original 12 disciples, but for all disciples. At some point or at some points in your life, you are going to experience trouble. And how you deal with the trouble is going to affect you, not only from that day, for that day, but for, from that day forward. So maturity is important in order that we deal with the trouble that we may find ourselves in, in a very mature, Christ-like, well-discipled way. Jesus says this, he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. So you and I need to know that there's trouble ahead and that Jesus warns us ahead of time. Now you and I understand about the importance of having signs that tell us something's about to happen. You deal with that every day when you're on the road. There's all kinds of construction signs and the construction signs aren't placed 
right where the trouble is. The construction signs are placed way ahead, you know, usually a few kilometers, maybe even more sometimes, that tell you that there's construction ahead, that the, you know, one of the lanes is going to close, that you're going to have to merge, all of those kinds of things. There's construction workers in the zone. If you continue to speed, because I know you do, if you continue to speed, the fines are going to be doubled. And all of that's told to you ahead of time so that you will adjust your driving, right? Because if you don't adjust your driving, you may find yourself and your vehicle in trouble. And you see that occasionally. There are men and women that wear uniforms. They drive black and white cars. They have lights on top of the roofs. And they will pull people over. And you and I will drive by them feeling a little bit sympathetic for them. But mostly just grateful it's not us. Because you were speeding. And it could have been you. And we realize as we're going by that they're in trouble. But it could have been avoided. Unfortunately, in this context, Jesus isn't saying that it can be avoided. Now, some trouble can. If you make wise decisions in your life, you can avoid all kinds of trouble just by doing the right thing. But we also recognize that there are things that happen to us that in many ways are out of our control. You're working hard at a plant, all of a sudden, uh, somebody in management, the, the board of the plant, the owners decide that they're closing the plant or they're reducing the number of people at the plant or they're moving the plant, and you find out that you've got to notice that you are going to be unemployed in a little while. That's not your fault, but you recognize that, wow, you know what, we're in a little bit of trouble here now. We're going to have to find a new job. We're going to have to find a new way to make some income because we got some bills that we got to pay. Somebody, a friend or a family member gets diagnosed with some kind of illness and it's serious and you realize that you find yourself in the middle of some, some health trouble. One of your kids does something maybe unwise and you realize as a parent that you need to come alongside them and help them through a period of their trouble. But you and I know as parents, if your kids are in trouble, who else is in trouble? We are. We recognize that because of the bonds. And so Jesus says, he gives us the advance notice that trouble is coming our way. Now, let me say this, because sometimes in our Pentecostal circles, we get a little bit confused about this. This is not saying that because you've done something wrong, you're in trouble. Now, it could be saying that, but that's not really the context. The trouble that Jesus is talking about is that there are things that affect all of us that are things that happen to all of us just because we're on this planet. Also, as Christ followers, because you are a devout Christ follower and you take your faith seriously and you share your faith soberly, that sometimes people persecute Christians and there is trouble that comes their way. And so there's just the living in the planet, and then there's sometimes just faithfully serving Christ that leads us to periods of trouble. Some of it we can foresee, some of it can't. We can't, but the Bible says trouble will come our way. So what do we do when trouble comes our way? Well, if we've been taking care of ourselves spiritually, if we've been growing up in the Lord, if we've moved from the, the spiritual milk onto the solid food, 
We tend to do a lot better when trouble comes our way. You've seen people that when trouble comes their way, the first thing that happens to them is they fall apart. They're just immediately in crisis. They see the worst thing, the worst outcomes that possibly could happen, and they just kind of crumble in your midst. Obviously, that isn't the way Christ followers should, should deal with, with trouble or adversity. It, it doesn't mean that we don't feel the impact it doesn't mean that we won't get emotional about things, but it, we understand this, that we've got a Savior that walks and journeys with us, not only in the good times, but also in the troubled times as well. So, we get the advance warning. There's this admonition, not that you might, but that you will. Look at verse 33 again in chapter 16. In this world you will have trouble. Not that you might. Now, let me just do a, a, just a kind of an unscientific poll. Feel free to raise your hands or not, Ken. How many of you have experienced trouble in your life at one time or another? Just keep it up for a little while. And we got some heads shaking a little bit. Yeah. So, it's either you guys are making a really lot of bad moves and mistakes. Shame on you. Or it's just part of being part of this, this, this planet, humankind. Trouble comes our way. Or, again, because you've been serving Christ well and others sometimes, um, you know, aren't happy about that and challenge us because of our faith. And so the Bible says, Jesus says to his disciples, he says to us today, you will have trouble. There are sometimes crazy and terrible things that can come our way. There are things that can upset us, things that can unnerve us, things that can cause us all kinds of, of mental and spiritual distractions, even to the point sometimes of making us physically unwell. Trouble can do a lot of damage to us. And Jesus says that although you will have trouble, that there's a solution for this trouble, regardless of whether the source comes from the world or the source comes from a spiritual entity we call Satan, the thief in John 10 and 10, who is described as coming to steal, to kill, and destroy. There can be trouble from the world and there can be trouble from the satanic aspect, the, the dark side of that as well. But Jesus says, in the midst of that, you can have his peace. Again, look at the text. It's so short. I have told you th these things so that in me, in me, we'll talk about that in a minute, you may have peace. So at the one part of this is that you will have trouble. But right alongside of it, he says, but you will have peace. You will have trouble, but you can have peace. It's not you will have trouble and sometime later on you will have peace as you work your way through it. That's how we often discover it. He is saying this, that even in the midst of adversity and trouble right now, even when that happens, you can have peace in the moment at the exact same time, that those things can actually journey together. They're not partners they're actually opposed to one another. But here's why. Because in him, in Jesus, you have peace. Now, let's do a theology. Oh boy, those of you that have done Bible study with me in Romans, you better get this. 
It's just called pressure, right? Okay. We know that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, correct? But where else is Jesus by His Spirit right now? He's in us. He's in me. I'm in Him and He's in me. One of Paul's favorite sayings in his epistles is in Christ. When you got saved, when you gave your heart to Jesus, when you confessed your sins, you are placed into the body of Christ. You are placed in Christ. You are in Him. That's why Jesus says, if I sit in heavenly places, where do you sit? You sit in heavenly places. Why? Because you're in Him. If He's died to sin, you've died to sin. Why? Because you're in Him. In me you have peace, and Jesus is already in you by His Spirit. And so you can have trouble from the world. There can be satanic trouble. There can be all of that. But you can at the very same time understand this. I got a Savior that's already alive and well in me. And I'm going to lean in Him. And I'm going to trust in Him. Even though this is uncomfortable and difficult. It's a trial I didn't expect. It seems to come out of nowhere. But I can have His peace. His peace. Not peace that the world brings. His peace. Peace even in the midst of conflict. Peace even in the midst of trials and tribulations. We often look at pieces this way, where there's an absence of conflict or there's an absence of trouble. That is one definition of peace. That's not the peace that he's talking about. He isn't talking about, well, when the trouble's gone, you'll have peace again. He's talking about while the trouble is camped in your life right now, you have peace right now because the peace comes from him in the very midst of the worst situations you can have peace jesus is the answer in christ you will have peace he has overcome the world and the implication there is that because he has overcome the world you and i will overcome the world as well we will overcome the trouble we will overcome the adversity we can be still in his peace. Or something can steal our peace. It's a choice that really comes to us. It's a choice. It isn't, does God have something for some and something for others? Let me give you some, some scripture references here. Read with me John 14 and 27. I don't have all of these up behind me intentionally. I'd like you to kind of get your Bible and, and read it. John 14 and 27. It's just the left a little bit from where you are. John 14 and 27. Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid hear them troubles come but don't let your hearts be be troubled you can't avoid trouble trouble's going to find i'm sorry trouble's going to find you in some way i hope it's just a little 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 way and i hope it lasts just a really short period of time but trouble is going to find all of us but your heart doesn't have to be troubled in the trouble 
Philippians 4, 6 to 8, verse 7 is the one that we talk about, right? Even in the midst of great adversity, Philippians 4, verse 7, the Bible tells us that Jesus gives us, now listen to what he promises here. Jesus promises a peace that passes all understanding, that transcends all understanding. In other words, in the natural, uh, excuse me, young lady, could you do something about that child? That child is really distracting me. Now, before the rest of you freak out, it's my grandson, okay? Just in case you think, oh, that pastor's so cruel. Yeah. He is son-in-law who just got uninvited from lunch. Yeah. Uh, there is a peace that transcends all understanding. In other words, folks, now listen to what it says. I'm not saying this. You grasp this. He is saying this. There are things that can happen to us that should blow us up spiritually, should blow us up emotionally, should wreck you. And some of you are in those situations now. Should absolutely wreck you. It should. People in the world would be wrecked by that. But the Bible says even in the midst of the worst situations, there is a peace that comes from God that transcends all understanding. In other words, it does not make sense to the natural mind. It does not make sense in the natural situations. But God can give you a peace even in the worst of times. Now, is there anybody in the room by a show of hand could raise a hand and say, I've experienced that peace that passes all understanding. I'm glad to see there's some. A peace that transcends understanding. It doesn't make sense in the natural. You couldn't get it from a book or a person or a psychiatrist or a counselor, but Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, can put a peace in your heart even in the midst of the worst of the worst of the worst. Let me give you three others real quick. You, you just write them down, look them up later. They all have to do with the word peace. Psalm 29 and 11. Psalm 119, verse 165. So that's going right back to the last chapter of the Psalms. Psalm 119, verse 165. And finally, Isaiah 26 and 3. I'll let you read those for you. For yourself. Let me close. Jesus says we're going to be experiencing trouble at some point or points in our life. And again, I hope those are few and far between for you folks. But it's going to come. But he says, don't worry about this because he has overcome the world. Now, overcoming the world means a whole bunch of things. The, the theology behind this actually is rather depth. It has a lot to do with his death, burial, and his resurrection. It has a lot to do with his victory over sin. All of those kinds of things. But for you and I, it tells us this, that whatever the natural or the world or even the devil can throw at him, Jesus has overcome it all. Jesus is victory over it all. And because Jesus is victor over it all, and because you are in him, you too can have the victory. We know that we have an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't let him steal your peace. I, I gave you one job. <laughs> Don't let that happen to you. Because this is when it happens, folks. It happens when you least expect it. It happens when you're just doing your life, doing your business, and everything's going along just fine. 
and the devil comes and he steals your peace or a situation comes along and it steals your peace. It doesn't need to be that way. The peace that he gives us is a peace that sustains us even in the midst of the worst situations. He promises this, so I tell you to test it. To test it. If he promises us this, if he promises you this, then test it. We aren't looking for a peace this way. Through a resolution in the situation. That would be great, and I pray that you get a resolution in your situations. Whether it's a financial resolution, or it's a health resolution, or it's a relationship resolution, I hope you get your peace. I hope things are worked out. But this is talking about a peace while we're in it. While we're going through it. And Jesus promises a peace that transcends all understanding. The trouble may be big. Jesus is greater than all of those things. Let me give you a final verse, and then we're going to pray. If our directors, if our deacons would get ready to, to pray in a minute. I want you to go to James chapter 5 and verse 13. James chapter 5 and verse 13. Probably as I've been preaching to some of you, have been wondering why I haven't touched on this text yet. James 5 verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? Let them pray. Are you finding yourselves in some trouble today of any kind of trouble, any kind of trouble at all? The first thing that you need to do is take care of yourself. Make sure you're strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Take care of yourself spiritually so that you are one of those mature believers. But being a mature believer doesn't mean that you are supposed to do this thing alone. We're here for you, and we want to stand with you. And the Bible says, if anybody's in trouble, let him pray. The context of that, those verses there, 13, 14, and follow, are about for the elders of the church to come and pray with you and for you. And so we're going to do that. Would you stand with us?